We are glad you're here today, and uh, again, we're expecting God to do the amazing. How many of you came expecting today? Come on. And at Barefoot Church, we do expect God because God wants to do amazing things in your life and in my life. He wants to build us up to be everything he's created us to be so that we can go out into this world and permeate his presence in uh, this world. And so again, we're glad you're here today. Now, I don't know how many of you started a diet at the first of the year. How many of you started a new diet in January? Anybody? A couple of you, you've probably done gone off of that diet, right? And maybe now you're in a season, it's getting to be a little warm outside and you're ready to go to the beach with your bikini on and, you know, your Speedo on if you're a guy, you know. Now you're trying to trim up a little bit. Anybody like me wanting to, yeah, just teasing. So, but uh, just a few weeks ago, I actually started a new kind of diet, not really to lose weight, but just to kind of begin to test some things with my own body chemistry because, you know, I've, for most of my life, I basically eat anything that wouldn't eat me first kind of, you know, principle in life. But I decided a few weeks ago that I would stop eating uh, red meat because I was having a lot of trouble with, with my stomach. And so my wife is mad at me now because she likes red meat. I don't now eat red meat. And every time we get ready to eat, it's like, what are you going to eat? I say fish. She's like, when are you going to stop eating fish? You know, because every day we got to figure out how to get fish for you. And so I'm eating a lot of fish now. Any fish eaters in the house today? Oh, yeah. So one of the things I've been doing is I've been trying out new fish restaurants. And there's a lot of fish restaurants in the Grand Strand area. And what I've discovered about restaurants, whether they're a fish restaurant, whether they're Chick-fil-A, or whether they're a steakhouse, is that the server in the restaurant needs to be connected to the owner and the owner's heart. And here's what I mean by that. Have anybody, have you ever had a, a kind of a nasty server, nasty representative like, and they wonder why they don't make any money in our culture at the, at the table because it's because they're kind of being nasty to the customer. But that's never really the owner's vision because the owner's vision is for you to maybe get good service, good food, and walk out of there paying good money with a good a full stomach, right? And so typically the owner would normally, in most cases, train the servers to be a representative of their establishment. And so as I've been trying out these new fish restaurants, and I won't name the one I went to, went to a couple of them this week, but as I tried one out, I went in the place, and and can I tell you, the food is off the chain. Come on, somebody. Off the charts. I'm like, give me two of those. Give me three plates, you know? But the serve, oh my gosh. I'm like, I want fish. It's a fish place. Like, I mean, that's what they serve, fish. You know what I'm saying? That's what they serve on your plate is fish. And I'm like, uh, she says, what do you want to eat? I'm I'm like, I want fish. And then I began to kind of dialogue with the server and tell her what kind of fish I want. And I don't want all the trimmings and the sides and the package deal with their little button on their cash register. You know what I'm saying? In other words, I, I need you to move outside the process here and get me some fish. 
And if all you can do is punch a button, it's going to give me French fries and, you know, and coleslaw and all of those kind of things. I, I, want, I want two orders of fish. Come on. I'm on a fish diet, not a potato diet, not a coleslaw diet, a fish diet. And more, I'm telling you, the server basically just kind of got trapped in the process. And, and so the server turns around and starts screaming at the cook. Don't, don't, uh, he wants his fish. Well, what do we do? And then then I, I, I've got an American Express card. I love to use it because it gives me a frequent flyer flower miles. Well, again, I guess they hadn't taken American Express on this day. And so she begins to tell me that she hopes my card's going to work and just kind of put it in the thing. And I'm like, well, it worked at the last place I went. So I'll put it in the little thing or whatever else. And begin just download all of these instructions to me about my card and um, the fish. And then she's like, well, I I don't know if we can do it that way because because this thing is putting cold slaw on it too. I'm like, well, give give the cold slaw to the next customer. Just ring me up and get me some fish. Come on. Fish. All I want is fish. And, And the process was so complicated. Oh, this is one of those restaurants you're supposed to move in and move out. I'm, I'm at lunch, not a siesta. You know what I'm saying? I had somewhere else to be. And, and so I'm like, man, this is not. And, and this is what I looked around. And I was the only customer in the establishment. I'm like, this cannot be that hard. This cannot be that complicated. And so, you know, again, it, it was such a horrible experience that I may go back and try because the food was so delicious. I'm telling you, the food was off the charts. I may go back, but I'm praying for the owner that that person gets a new server because it is so flipping complicated when you go in this place. They, matter of fact, I probably don't even need to pray for the owner because if he keeps that server, chances are that place is going to shut its doors pretty quick. And here's why. It's because of the representative that is in there representing the owner, the provider of the establishment. That person has forgot who writes their paycheck, number one. And number two, they have ultimately forgot about the customer who basically gives the establishment money, what ultimately gives them their paycheck in the process. And can I tell you, that place is probably going to shut up. I just wonder how many churches today are closing their doors Because we have forgotten who our provider is. We have forgotten who our owner is. We have forgotten who we are representatives of. And so this weekend, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about who we are to be as as representatives. But you've got to come back tonight for that service. It's going to be a different service than this morning. But but I'm going to give you a foundation this morning in the morning teaching because it's going to be a two-part teaching, one this morning, one tonight. We're going to have food here. And and that food tonight is going to be off the hooks, what they tell me. It's going to be incredible. It won't be like that place I went to today. Um, They're going to have some, some, what is it, barbecue or something out here tonight? Yeah, it's going to be be awesome. And uh, some kind of place that's going to be smoking barbecue and you can come by your friend's barbecue out here tonight. We'll try to move you through the line as quickly as possible. Maybe get here a little bit early. I'm going to encourage the establishment to have some plates ready 
for when you get here. And if all you want is barbecue, I'm going to encourage them to give you barbecue, okay? <laughs> just, just want to kind of lay that foundation down, all right? All I wanted was fish. <laughs> so, again, I wonder if all some people want in life is, is just an opportunity to connect to the God of the universe. And in the process, the representatives make it so complicated. They can't even get to the one who can provide for their life and do amazing things in their life. So, so this morning what I want to do is, is I want to lay a foundation of what the owner of our life, the God of the universe, your creator and my creator says to us because the Bible teaches that we should leave this establishment and we should be an establishment here in this earth and we are to be representatives of a king, a God who is a God of provision, a God of love, a God of grace, a God of mercy. <laughs> and, and there's a passage in the scripture that was... Uh, written at the end of a leader's life. His name was Joshua, Joshua 24. We're going to look at it. But what we're going to learn is, is this this morning. To be a good server, first and foremost, you, you have to be served. To be a good server, first and foremost, you have, to, you have to be served. And I wonder if some of us just aren't that awesome of connectors or servers or representatives because we haven't really connected to the one, the God of the universe, and let him first serve us. See, the Bible teaches that, that the owner of our life wants to serve us so that we permeate his presence throughout the earth. And Joshua, uh, a leader of the chosen people that came out of bondage, out of slavery in Egypt, he actually led some people to the promised land and to a land flowing with milk and honey, a, a land of provision that God had, had given them and he was reminding the people at the end of his life that they were to serve this God, but the only way that they could serve this God was to first and foremost be served by this God. How many of you know that your creator wants to serve you? The desire of his heart is to serve you to provide for you, to walk with you and build you up. And yes, he calls us in, into obedience, into fellowship, into following him with our life. But I think the reason a lot of times we're not following with our life is because we haven't let the life giver serve us life. And we're kind of like that waitress that server in the eating establishment this week and a lot of us kind of walk through life and somebody's saying all I want is fish and we're trying to give them everything else too because all we know how to do is punch the religious cash register and spit out what somebody else has put in and just maybe if you had the opportunity to spend some time with the owner of your establishment, of you, you would catch his heartbeat. And if you caught his heartbeat, maybe you, you would be an awesome server. And the tips of life 
would come flooding into your soul and change your life. I wonder how many of us, yeah, are not rich on life because of our bad serving attitude. Joshua 24, as Joshua speaks to the people, verses 14 and 15, this is what it says. Joshua says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly with everything, all in. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go all in. Let's go all in. Tell them, say, let's go all in. Joshua says, look at, serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors, the idols your ancestors worship when they live beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. He says in verse 15, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then at least do this. He says, choose today whom you will serve. In other words, do something. And then he goes on to say, would you prefer the gods of your, an- your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates River or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now in that I have provided and given you victory over? He says, but for me and my house, Joshua speaking of him and, and his family, he says, for me and my family, we, we, will serve, serve the Lord. You know, it's interesting because Jesus, when he was walking around in the flesh, he made this incredible statement in Matthew, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. He says, for even the son of man, he he came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom, as a ransom for many. So so Jesus stated that the reason he came was to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many so that they could connect with the Father, the provider, and be served so that they could become great, great servers and begin to permeate who God is, who the owner is, who the provider is, permeate him into the world. And so when we see... When we see Joshua come on the scene, Joshua is a man that got it. He got what life was all about. And he had people around him, generations of people who were like, no, nah, man, you know, we can't do that. And we don't you remember what used to be and what's happening right now? Look at the circumstances around us. And, and Joshua was a man who believed God. Do you believe God? Do you really believe God is a server in this life? Do you know the Bible teaches that the reason God created human beings was for him to provide for the human race, for him to be the provider and for them to be the recipient and be the producer, to produce his character, his image, reflect who he is in all of the earth, both male and female. That's what the Bible teaches. Genesis 1, that's why he created human beings. However, the first human beings ultimately did not trust the provision of God in the Garden of Eden. And because they did not trust the provision of God in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, the Bible says that God separated them from that garden. And I believe ultimately not because they they 
miss the mark of his glorious standard just because they sin. But their sin was, was a result of, of distrust in the provider. Can I tell you, that's, that's what sin ultimately is. God's created you for a purpose. God's created you for uniqueness. God has created you to do something and bury him, bear, bear his, his image in the world and reflect who he is as he provides for your life. It's, it's what the human race is for. We are, are to bear who God is, be fruitful and multiply, bear who he is throughout the world. However, a lot of people aren't drawing from the owner, from the provider, drawing uh, from his image. And so we're, we, we've been separated from God because we, we did sin. We distrusted God. And, and ever since then, God has basically gone in the earth and drawn humanity back to him by his provision. And ultimately what God wants you to know today is this. He is provider. He is provider. He'll provide for everything you need to do what he has called you to be responsible to do in this earth and throughout eternity. He is a provider. And so Joshua understood God as provider. A lot of the people didn't. And so what I want to talk to us again about is first letting God serve us, make provision for us, and provide for us along this journey so that we can be everything that he has created created us to be. And again, Jesus says, you know what? The Son of Man didn't come to, to be served. He, he came to actually serve others in a great, great way. And if you look at Joshua 24, where Joshua made this statement as, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pretty well, the preceding verses in jo- Joshua 24 are all about the reason they can serve the Lord is because they remembered a God who served them first. And if you keep reading a, a little further down in Joshua 24, when the people said, well, we'll serve the Lord too, Joshua looked at them and says, you can't. You can't. They're like, what are you talking about? We can't. And again, I'll let that kind of hang for you just a minute. And I want to explain that. I would just let you go and look at it and get some explanation for yourself of why Joshua turns to the people and says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, but, but guess what? You can't. You can't serve the Lord. But if you go back in the previous verses, Joshua begins to reveal to us God as provider. And today, I think the first thing we have to do if our house, if our people, is if our life is going to be what God has designed it to be and be of service to him and his kingdom, we first and foremost, we have to make a connection with the one who first serves us. And some of us are serving like crazy, even in the local church. We're we're working. We're doing things. We're giving money. We're drinking the communion cup. We're, you know what? We're telling people. We're inviting. We're doing all of these things. However, do they have kingdom value to them? Are they building up? 
the kingdom of God and the owner's establishment and are you as the server part of his great establishment living in the connection spot that he designs you to live in? And I think a lot of times what we're doing is we're going out trying to tell people about the provider of the establishment. And, and, and we're saying, hey, don't you want the coleslaw and the french fries and everything else too? And they're like, no, I just want, I just want a connection. And the reason we can't help them make that connection is because we haven't first been served by the owner. We got a couple of the younger folks in our congregation who work at this establishment in our culture, in our uh, in our world here in North America, there's a lot of people who watch online around the world. But there's a, an establishment called Chick, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, you know what I'm saying? Looks like fillet to me. That's, that's how I spell it. I mean, it's how I read it. That's how it's spelled kind of, you know, as you look at it or whatever. I just, I just talk like I see the word, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like Quinn talked about that last week. Chick-fil-A. We have this establishment. What's interesting about this establishment is this, is if you go there to get you a Chick-fil-A, a chicken sandwich, grilled, nugget, fried, whatever else, when you go through the drive-thru or go through the window, the servers kind of have the all, all have the same DNA. They ask you questions like, how, how may I help you? Or what, what's that word y'all say all the time? Huh? My pleasure. My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. And everywhere you go, it's my pleasure. And why would they, why would they do, why is that DNA so, so driven in them? It's because the owners of the, uh, of the establishment learned early on, hey, this is how we want to serve the customer, serve the public. And so we're going to drive this in deep in, in the DNA. And I'm sure that people walk up in there all the time wanting employment and, and want a, you know, paycheck. And they're like, ah, and I ain't, ain't going to say it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm my own person. I just do it how I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, get out of here. You ain't going to work at this establishment. I mean, that's the foundation I think they would have. And, and again, let's put it on a bigger context. This is who our God is. He has a, a heart to serve humanity, serve people, show them love, grace, and mercy, express that to them. And he, and he has a DNA. He has, he has kind of a, a culture that he wants to set in the hearts of his people so that they permeate who he is in all of the earth. And again, if, if you're not about serving his establishment and his kingdom, it ain't about just being your own person and just doing whatever you want to do. God's like, hey, let me, let me move you out until you can learn that I'm the provider and you are the recipient. And I want to pour so much into you that you cannot even grasp or understand or imagine and I, let me put you out here so you will learn that I am the provider. I am the provider. I am the provider. And once you learn that provision, then you can be a part of what I'm doing in the world as I pour out to humanity in you and, and through you. So if we go back and we look at Joshua, what we see is him Really reminding the people of who God is as provider. I want to look at it because there's three 
great things about how God provides for the people here. Number one is this. Look at it, Joshua 24, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, Joshua said to the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nair, lived beyond the Euphrates River. Hey, and they worshiped other gods. However, he says that God, but he says, God says, I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates River, and I led him into the land of Canaan, and I gave him many descendants through his son, his son Isaac. And I really think what this, was, this teaches us right here is that no matter if your ancestors have never worshiped God as their provider, no matter if you come from an environment that doesn't even respect God or know God or, you know what, even makes mention of God, there is a God who will come to you and meet you where you are, no matter where you are, in order to establish a relationship with you so that he can provide for you and do amazing things in and through you. So again, let's stop blaming it on our ancestors. Let's stop blaming it on the people who never took us to church. Let's stop blaming it on other establishments. Let's trust a God who will meet you where you are and provide for you anyway. This is the God we serve. And so many people think, my goodness, I've done so many bad things. Do you you know what my family was? Do you know what, what they did, how they trained me to do life? Do you know where I'm from, bro? I don't. But I I know where I come from. And I know that there's a God who met me in the middle of where I was and began to take me into a land where I could begin to receive his great provision where he could pour into me and pour out of me. And so many people think, well, I've just done too many bad things and I'm too sinful for God to come to me. Well, in fact, the church a lot of times teaches that God, God can't come into the presence of sins. And can I tell you, that is a lie from the scripture or not from the scripture. That is a lie that is an interpretation that people make a lot of times from the scripture. But that's the whole reason Jesus came. Let me be clear today. It's because, you know what? Because of our sin, he came in the middle of our sin and gave his life as a ransom so we could see his great, great provision. And I got to declare to you today, no matter where you've been or what you've done or how bad it's been and you think God can't show up in your life, he will come to you and meet you where you are. This is the message of the cross. This is the message of the love of God. This is the message of the Christ, the Messiah that we serve. Listen to what Romans 5, 8 says. It says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Man, this should speak to you like it spoke to Abraham when when his ancestors were serving false gods and driven by by the culture and 
the economy and all of these things because I'm telling you where they came from was, was, was this, this worldly place that was full of pleasure. It was a place that was full of world provision. It was the lights. It was the camera. It was the action. It was amazing from a lens of worldly standpoint. They were worshiping false gods. In other words, they were worshiping the stuff of life. And God comes and meets Abram in the middle of all of that training. He says, hey, come follow me. I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. And you ain't even seen it yet, Abram. And I'm going to take you there and I'm going to bless you. And guess what? I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you incredible. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And your descendants are going to be great. In other words, it doesn't matter how established you are in the world. It matters have you trusted God's provision because he has so much more for you and he wants to show you too. But the Bible says, my friend, you got to meet God and begin to move by faith. And why God will meet you where you are in the sin that you're in right now, me and you, and he meets us, is to begin to lead us to a land and, and a provision that we've never, ever experienced before in our life. And Joshua makes it clear, for him and his house, he'll serve the Lord. But I think Joshua knew a Lord who would meet people where they are. Number two is this. Is I wrote it down this way. God serves us not only by meeting us where we are, but by working behind us. Let's look at some of the following verses before Joshua gets to that place as me, for me and my house will serve the Lord. Let's see how God served them. Joshua 5 through 7, or 24 verses 5 through 7. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought a terrible plague against, against Egypt, God says. And afterwards, I brought you. Notice God's doing a lot here, okay? I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians, the, the accusers, the, the oppressors, they, they chased after you with chariots and charioteers. And when your ancestors cried out to the Lord, he says, I. Everybody say, I. That's God. That's God saying I. He says, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. And with your very own eyes, you saw what I did. And then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Can I tell you, anytime God comes into your life and sets you free from bondage, and you begin to try to move forward with your life, there will be always an enemy that chases after you to remind you of who you used to be. And you need to understand God doesn't only come to you and meet you where you are, but God will also work behind you as you begin to follow after him. He provides A lot of people say, the devil made me do it. Well, stop letting the devil make you do it. Because God 
came in the midst of your slavery and the accuser holding you in bondage and the truth of the matter, you have been set free to follow after a great God. But the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of the people of God will always come behind you and say, don't you remember who you were? You can't ever accomplish anything great with your life. You know how many times you failed in life? God don't want anything to do with you. He don't want to provide for you. The Bible says that God reminds the people, I am the one that put darkness, a shield between you and the enemy. I'm the one that did it. And by the way, as they kept putting pressure on you and you kept following after me, not only did I put darkness between you and the Egyptians, but I'm the God that also, as you begin to move forward with me, came in behind you. I'm the one that parted the Red Sea for you to get across. And I'm the God who drowned them up so that they couldn't continue to chase after you in this life. And I need you to know today, if you will so allow The God who came to you in the middle of your sin to come to you and work behind you and you trust his provision as the Israelites trusted his provision. He is a God that will drown the enemy's voice out of your life. The more you pursue him, I need you to know the enemy is always loud. He's loud behind you telling you what you can't do and who you used to be and you're a failure and you can't make it. And you know what? It's all about, all about what he is going to do. But I need you to know today as loud as the enemy's voice is, there's a God who will swallow him up and put you and set you free. Do you trust his provision? Or do you continue to listen to who you used to be? I I, I tell people all the time, your testimony is awesome. But if you talk more about what you used to be, instead of who you are becoming in Christ Jesus, chances are you have missed the work of God in your life because he don't really care how bad you used to be, but he brought you out and he wants to take you in. So stop talking about who you used to be and start talking about who you are becoming. Come on. We got all kinds of hymns and songs. I once was lost, but now I'm found. That's awesome, but let's not sing more about the lostness than the foundness. Because, you know, that means that your memory is being etched by the past instead of the one who has a great future in store for you. There is a God who wants to come to you in the middle and provide for you of whatever you're going through in life. There's a God who will come behind you And lastly, what we learn from this passage, there's a God who always make a way and create a path in front of us. Look what the scripture says. It says in Joshua 24, verses 11 through 13, he says, when you cross 
the Jordan River, referring back to how God provided. He says, and came into Jericho. He says, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did all of these other people, the Amorites, the the parasites or paradites or however you say that. Those are earthen people as actually the, the, uh, the Hebrew translation, earthen people. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gerashites, got to be careful how you say that, the Hivites, the Jebusites. He says, he says, I want you to know something. He says, but I gave you victory over them, God says this. And I sent Terah ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. He says, it was, it was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. It wasn't your provision. It wasn't your great skill. It wasn't you shooting the arrows. It wasn't you. God says, I gave you the land that you had not worked on. And I, I gave you towns you did not build. The towns where you are now living. He says, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food. Though you did not, you did not plant them. And so Joshua says, for me and my house, we're going to serve a Lord who first served us. We're going to serve a Lord who came to us in the middle of where we used to be and in the middle of our sin because he's a good God and he's a God that ain't afraid of nothing in your life and he will come meet you where you are. But he says also this Jesus that says, I came to serve. And not to be served is the one that came to serve on a cross in the middle of your sin and my sin. Let's never forget that Jesus died and provided for us to come out of bondage, out of slavery, out of Egypt. But my friend, the same God who brought you out will come behind you. And he will drown the enemy's voice. And he will drown the enemy out. But you never forget that he's a God that has a future. He has a hope. And he has a plan out in front of you. He will make a way. He will make a path. He is the one that drives the enemy out. All you got to do is stay attentive and walk by faith and do your part and stay with God and let him provide. He's a great God. He's a great God. He'll provide. But here's the bottom line. Joshua turns to the people at the end of this chapter. He says, y'all can't serve the Lord. Because you've heard all about these stories. You've experienced the stories. You you saw God do these things. But but he says, you've got to put away some of these old things. Because you're riding the fence, my friends. You're you're living in two worlds. Go read it. It's amazing. It's like you're living in two worlds and, and, and you're trying to let some of these things be your God and you're trying to let some of the God of the universe be your God. And he's like, you need to put some things behind you and you need to trust the one that's in charge of you and let him provide every step of the way on the journey. I wonder if he's really our God. That's a question for you to struggle with personally because for me and my house, we will serve the Lord who provides for us and we trust him as provider all the way along the journey. He is a God that will make a way when there is no other way. He is a way maker. He is a God. He marks the path out. 
And all I've got to do is get it on it by faith and follow it and trust him with this amazing future he has out in front of me. My friends, that's what I'm inviting the church, the family of God, the people of God into. A, a, a family that trusts God for all the provision in life. Let's pray. God, today you are speaking to the people. God, you're an amazing God. God, I pray tonight as we become servers in your kingdom that we learn how to serve and what that really means. But God, today I pray there's one here that hasn't allowed you to serve them first. This, this morning session, God, that, that you would just begin to speak to their heart, meet them where they are, right in their seat. Man, woman, boy, or girl. My friend, if you're there in your seat right now and you're not trusting God as your provider, the provision to bring you out of your sin, the vision to drown out the enemy behind you and to make a way before you. My friend, I want you to know that this is what the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is all about. It comes from God. He is God in the flesh. The Bible says he gives his life for us as a ransom for many. And he wants to serve you today, personally. My friend, this isn't a faith that your grandmama just had. This is a faith that you can count on, you can bank on, and you can put in your great God today. And again, I'm inviting you into the journey. It's amazing. God is a provider. If that is you, say, God, I'm ready to trust you right now. Right this minute. Maybe you're 60, maybe you're 70, maybe you're 7. It doesn't matter how old you are. Maybe you're a male, maybe you're a female. That doesn't even matter either. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. What matters is when you trust God who created you and who wants to provide for you right now. And I believe he's touching hearts in the seats today. He's working. He's coming to you in the, in the middle of what you're going through right now. And just say, God, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the power of the resurrection. Just tell God thank you. My friend, have you meant that with your heart? I want to say welcome to the family. God is for you. He's not against you. He's a God of love, grace, and mercy. And he's going to take you on an amazing journey. I pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in here.